Amen. Ready for the work? Ready? Father, we thank you. Oh Lord, we worship you. We thank you. We give you the praise. We ask and we say tonight, just like before, you give us much knowledge, much insight, much understanding, much precision. As we come into much light and the knowledge of the holy, and we say your name alone is glorified, even as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Genesis 1 26. Genesis 1 26. <clears throat> it says, And God said, Let's make, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the heads, over every creeping taste that creepeth upon the earth. And it says, God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created he, him, male and female he created he them. And he blessed them, and he said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And we said, when he says God created man, he was speaking to someone, right? We said he was speaking to the supernatural beings. Look at in Genesis uh, 11, verse 6, which we are considering, Genesis 11, verse 6, or Genesis 11, verse 4. It says, and it said, go to us, let us build a city. So you see that it's a conversation. So when it says, let us, uh, you know, I always tell you, your study of the scripture must begin from Genesis, right? So that way you have a proper approach, a proper context into the scripture. So when it says, let us, that means whoever is talking to must be relatable. It's like I'm telling you today now, let us um, go and decorate upstairs, right? Uh, am, I, am I relatable? Uh, but somebody that might read this now, will, someone that might listen to this audio now, uh, will not know who I was talking to, but when they hear it, does it make, do, does it, make it relatable? It's like saying, let us pray. So, uh, are you seeing it? Is it relatable? Uh, okay. So now, so and we said, whoever is talking to must be relatable. And we said, look at in Genesis 1 verse 14. Genesis 1 verse 14. He says, he created, and God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let there be for signs, for seasons, and for days and for years, and let them be for the lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater lights to rule the day. So emphasis on that rule the day. So when it says to rule the day, and the lesser nights to rule the night, and the lesser lights to rule the night, and he made the what? The stars also. And he set them upon the fire and give lights to the earth to rule over the day, the night, the fire. You see that this can't be talking about physicality of things. So we, we, we saw to that yesterday and we said that is talking about the supernatural beings. When he says rule there, he's talking about dominion, authority, and it's relatable. And we said the rule, so can we call them rulers of the heavenly world? Alright, so look at the Genesis 2 verse 1. So are you, are you saying that we need to reread the scriptures again to see the world view of the scripture that the scriptures is actually supernatural and natural. So that means you and I must have a supernatural approach into the scripture. Look at, are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Look at the Genesis 2 verse 1. We said, and thus the heavens and the earth were finished and the host of them. So that means, where did he create the supernatural beings? Can we say Genesis 1, right? So when it says, toss the heaven and the, and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. 
So I will say the host is from the Hebrew word thesab, T-S-A-B-A, and it's, it simply means, um, I need my body, and it simply means uh, like an army, right? It means army. Look at it, Deuteronomy 4. Look at Deuteronomy 4, 15 to 19. I'm just, we've, we've, we've been there before, but we're just checking it again, but especially that, um, let's see from verse 16 again, Deuteronomy 4, it says, and God said, let's see, let's see corrupt yourself and make you of, make you corrupt yourself and make you any grieving image, the distributed of any image and the likeness of male or female. That will take you back to the Genesis narrative, right? Okay. And you know, said so the likeness of any beast that is on the head, the likeness of any weak fowl that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth, unless thou lift up thy eyes unto the heavens, when thou see what? The sun, the moon, the stars, and what? Even, look at what, you know, even is, even is italicized. So it now says, all the host of heaven. So can we say the sun, the moon, the stars are all the host of heaven? It's like saying, ayomide and favor and Chiamaka and Sister Roque, they are all members and even all the members of Supernatural Community Church. Are do we just imply that they are all the members? Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm saying? Um, so he now says, should I then be driven to worship and serve them? You know, look at the emphasis of what I want to say here now. It says, which the Lord thy God are divided unto all nations under heaven. So that means there's a division between the sun, the stars, the moon, and the host of heavens in the nations. Now, we'll look at that nations that they were divided into. So, we said something, and we addressed something properly. We said also the New Testament narrative, we looked at the New Testament scriptures yesterday, and we said the New Testament narrative also adopted the supernatural worldview context. So, that means if you read the scriptures without using a supernatural worldview context, your answers, you won't have all the answers. You know, when we're doing New Testament ministry of angels, I think it's in track two. We, we, we had to approach, we had to approach Genesis 6 again. And how we were able to get most of our answers was because of the supernatural worldview context. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means that in our reading of scriptures, we must see the supernatural worldview context. We now said that star that helped the wise men. If you have missed the definition of star in the Old Testament, you so you would just be thinking. One physical star was leading, was leading the wise men to Jesus' manger, to Jesus' manger in the four Gospels. That means if you have missed what star is in Genesis, when you get to Matthew and say, let's go to Matthew now, and the star led them, you will be thinking, eh, eh. I remember when I was much younger, I will be looking at the star. I don't know if you did the same thing. You will look at the star and you will be wondering, so, this star, so you will be walking. You say, star, you two, you are taking me. I don't know if you did that thing. <laughs> I thought I thought I was the only one that was mad. I didn't know that all of us were all mad. <laughs> okay, look at Matthew 2. Look at Matthew 2. Look at Matthew 2. 
It says, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod king, Beodia came unto him, the wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is it that was born, the king? For we have seen the star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And that is the Herod that troubled him, and all of those things, and we gathered, and all of those things. Look at, look at, uh, uh, look at verse 7. Then Herod, when he had previously called the wise men, inquired of them, delayed, they said, What time the star appeared? Look at how they said it. What time the star appeared? Appear, Phanerosi, um, reviewed. Ah, we did that appeared thing when we we're looking at visions of revelation. Appeared. I think we, we, we I don't know if it is Phanerosis or something, but uh, <laughs> I've forgotten the Greek word now, but I'll get it later. Is this, the star appeared. So that means, look at verse 10. Then they saw the star and they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Can that be a supernatural? <laughs> How will you see? So now look at me. Look up. And come outside and say, I see this now. Go away. Luke now showed us. Luke now did another thing. Go to Luke. Go to Luke. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought I was the only one mad. I didn't know that. All of us were all hallucinating. <laughs> Go to Luke. <laughs> Let's see Luke. Uh, Luke, see, which, okay, I think, what, which one did we read yesterday, yesterday? I think it was Luke 2. Go to Luke 2. Look at it, verse 12. Luke 2, verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. And, you know, when they start using that word sign, ah, when they start using that word sign, sign is usually in another word. When, it, when, when, it, when you see the word sign, it's usually in another word, like saying an indication in another word. You know, when I, when I taught you sign, when we're looking at miracle signs of wonders, we say it's a supernatural indication, right? So, can that be from a supernatural context that is, it is not natural? It's not from this world. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, can we see, can we see the saying of sign as something that is not of this world? So, when I say it's a sign, it means something beyond the natural. Right? Okay. So, now it says... This sign shall be unto you that the baby is right on the kill. And suddenly there was an angel, right? A multitude of the heavenly Tesab, the army, Genesis 2 1, the host of heaven. You see? It says, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of the earth, good will come. And it came to pass that all the angels were gone away from the heaven. And we said, we said, heaven is not. Maybe let's say physical. Like, can we say heaven is not like a physical location where you are going to? It's just a difference. Like say the head, material world, supernatural world. Are you getting what I'm saying? It now says, let us see now and all of those things. So you see that that star, that star that was leading them or that was following them or that appeared to the wise men. <laughs> it was a physical sign. And we addressed we addressed Joshua to yesterday. We said the moon. Or the sun that is stopped. So scientists are looking for say uh, when Joshua stopped the sun, it simply means 365 days were missing. That's why we have 365 days. If I have preached it years ago, thank God it's not recorded. <laughs> that the the sun that Joshua stopped. That's why the earth is 365. That's why he's, he he made the day incomplete. And scientists have been looking for the speculation and say there was a day missing on the earth. <laughs> There was a day missing on the earth. When he say he stopped this, so it's a supernatural being. It's a conquest. It's a fight. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, let's go to Joshua. So now you will see it. <laughs> so are you saying that you have to reread? Are we saying that? So can we can we say the scriptures are one? There is no Old Testament, there's no New Testament. Can we say that dichotomy has made us have problem? <laughs> that I don't know. New Testament, Old Testament. Can we say that we have to read the scripture as a singular text, as one book? And that shows that when we want to have a mechanism, we must have a, we, we must have, no, let me use the word mechanism. When we want to study, we must study the word, the Bible here in a, can we say we can study the Bible in a supernatural worldview? Okay. Now go to Joshua, Joshua, let's see. Uh, I want to show you something there first. Before, there are so many things I underlined in my, in my Bible in, uh, in, uh, in Joshua because, uh, it was so. Okay, look at it in Joshua 5.15. So that you see that. Ah, is this, is this where I should start? Because this is not just only the place he, he, he adds some. Okay, let's let's just see. Okay, let's just see from Joshua 5.15. Look at it too. Or let's start from verse 13. Joshua 5.13. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, there stood a man against him, and his, and his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are thou for us, or for our adversaries? Watch you. Then he said, Nay, but what? But what? As a captain, what? Of the host of the Lord, I am now come. What did Joshua do? So can, can we say Joshua saw God again now? Because this is the captain. And we said God comes in his army. We looked at something in Genesis 18 and we said, did Abraham see God? Yes. Because God comes with his army. He says the Lord came with three other people. We did not know the Lord and three other people in Genesis 18. And he fell on the face. Look at what he did. He fell on the face and did worship him. So can we say he saw a supernatural being here? Oh, guys, a captain of the host of the Lord. You, you will say, captain is one mighty warrior. How would the mighty warrior come? Because he, he just saw the man standing. You don't get it. He was not there with them. He was not in their team. He's not against them. He just saw that a man is standing there. And he went to meet him and said, ah, bro, are you big? And he saw the person with the sword. That, this will lead me into explaining something about, maybe before the end of this year, I will, I will explain it. The Lord is a man of war. How about that? How about us studying something like that? God is a God of war. What is he fighting? <laughs> it seems like he fought a lot of battles and he's still fighting today. How about we, start, we, we have a series called The Man of War. Let's... <laughs> Or the God of War. Let's 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 see something. I think there's some, there's a game like that. God of War. <laughs> let's now look at it in the supernatural war contest and the Bible, the God of War. Uh, you know, I about that. I, I I can actually teach you today, but not today because your head will just blue. <laughs> still take this one. Still still at least take this Genesis thing that we are doing. Genesis level. We are doing. So he says, I just fell on his face. And did worship and said unto you, you know what I'm doing with you people? I'm just introducing this series is just introduction into supernatural world. See if I if I want to, if I'm to 
If I'm to caption it or put this out now, I'll say the folly word, bracket, rebellion of Joyce is introduction into supernatural world. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the title will not be that long. Because what I'm doing with you as a church now is to open your mind into the Bible. That see, you have to see the Bible in a supernatural world context. That things are not just that. So, such that we've seen sin, that we've seen the implication of sin now with supernatural world. So he says, and the captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from thy foot, for thy place which thou stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Where would this take you for? Moses' encounter. So you see that the same, the same thing that Moses had. In fact, we are not looking at Joshua today, but let me just show you something. Go to, look, Josh, go to Joshua 3. We are not looking at Joshua today and Moses, but in fact, go to Joshua 2. <laughs> look at verse 16. Oh, look at even verse 8. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 14. <laughs> look at verse 16. Well, let me look at verse 16. And he said, get you into the mountain. Let the Pashua meet you. Hide yourself there three days. See the narrative of three days again. And unto the Pashua they returned and all of those things. Go to Joshua 3. Verse 1. It says, Joshua rose up early and they removed unto Jordan and they lost there and there they what? They passed over. You know, that's a, that's a teaching. The Passover. It says the Passover. And it came to pass afterwards. So, when I always tell you that Joshua is a representation of, it's like a representation of what Jesus would do. Are, are you seeing it? You will see that 30 days concept through that book. Um, so look at it in verse, verse 7. It says, And the Lord said, Joshua 37, And the Lord said unto Joshua, These days will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, so they may know thee that I was with Moses, so I will what? Be with you. Then, look at even in Joshua 4, verse 2. Joshua 4, verse 2. Take you what? 12, take Joshua 4, verse 2. Take you what? 12 men out of what? How many disciples did Jesus have? Uh, are you seeing? Okay. Look at in um, Joshua 4, verse 7. And they came, they, they shall answer him and that the waters of Joshua were cut off before the hack, and the water of Joshua cut off. It shall be unto the mirror for the children forever. This is actually the new covenant, but we'll look at that later. Also, you look at in Joshua 4, verse 18, the Spirit of Paul was explained there. So you see that also in this Joshua 5, verse 4 to 15, you see that the supernatural being was there again. Are you seeing it? Are you guys seeing it? Okay. Uh, now I'm looking for... Uh, I'm looking for where it stopped the sun, the moon. So, uh, I, I can't seem to, I can't seem to find the Joshua thing. Okay, let's go to Joshua thing. Joshua thing verse 12. Look at Joshua thing verse 12. It says, then Joshua said unto the Lord, Joshua, they spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered them out of the Ararat before the children 
and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still, and thou shalt and stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the galley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until all the people have avenged themselves upon the enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasper? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven. Are you seeing it? And he said not to go down for the whole day. And there was no day like that before it, and all of those things that the Lord had came to the voice of heaven, and for the Lord fought with Israel. Do you see that it was because of the battle that these supernatural beings were there? Are you seeing those things? So, uh, <laughs> so you see that this, well, looking at that, you see that the, there's a worldview context of the scripture that is supernatural. So we said also, look at in 1 Kings 22, 1 Kings 22, 19. 1 Kings 22, 19. He says, and he said, Yet thou therefore the Lord of the Lord, and I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, all the host of heaven, standing by him on the right, and what? On the left. So we said, so we said, and let's go, let's go back to Genesis 18 now. Let's look at Abraham's story. And the Lord appeared unto him in the names of Mamre. And he sat on the tent of the door on the heat, and he looked up in the sides and said, Lo, three men stood by him, and he said, and he ran. And from the tent, and he bowed himself to the guy and said, My Lord. <laughs> Are you seeing it? So did the Lord come down to see Abraham? Ah. So is it natural and supernatural? Yes, it is natural and supernatural. So we're looking at... Now let's go back to Genesis 11. So we said sin is... We, we, we've seen sin, and if you notice what, how, we, how we approach this Genesis 11, we are saying, when they say, let us make a name, so are you seeing that there's a worldview of scripture that is supernatural, and it is written all through the scriptures? That is, you, you will see it in, from Genesis all through to Revelations. <laughs> are, are you seeing it? How uh, about we approach Revelation with this light? Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, okay, but we are not pleased. <laughs> not today, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. <laughs> but we are, we are just doing teaser into what we are doing from Genesis 6, that we started from Genesis 6 into the day. It's just like a teaser into the supernatural world that just open your mind to see that, okay, you have to, to study the Bible. I, I ask people and I tell them, I say, you can't answer all these questions in scripture if you want to go very natural. If you don't say, eh, this is how it is. This is it. You will, ha you will hook. You have to approach it in the supernatural worldview. You will hook. Because how do you explain that? Okay, the Nakash was in the Garden of Eden. And God chased all of them out. <laughs> God garaged them. Come on. How do you want to explain Genesis 6? You will just say, the sons of God, you say it's a scientist issue. <laughs> Are they scientists issues in the scripture? Yes, but not that one. Are you getting what I was saying? We, we looked at the year angry in scripture. I was saying, ah, we, we've approached it properly. I was saying, oh, scientists. They, they did not get it properly. We don't know that it is. But okay, how, do you explain, how do you want to approach Genesis 4? I don't know what Genesis 11. That they built a supernatural. They, they, what they built was it a Torah. 
So some people with in my head today when I was much younger, I used to see the toe, I used to think, yeah. So some people built. And that, so you know, we, we're not thinking. 37 feet. Planes fly, I think, 37 to 38 feet, thousand above sea level. How do you want to? So, okay, why did why did that not want? No? So, so, does that mean that plane too is trying to reach level? You know, it seems like we are not thinking in our world too now. You know, is it, does it, the, day, the day this thing dawned on me was when I was in a long hour flight. That was, I think, 12 hours. We had to fly. They even told us, if I. On, wait, wait, me, I sometimes, sometimes because it's not the times I'm in the mood to watch movie or something. Sometimes I'm just, I just want to pray, sleep, or just be eating, just be requesting, just be disturbing one new stairs and be turning the thing on. To tomb, they will be coming to you and offering the thing for yourself. So I devise a means to just be going to the back, to be gisting with them, and making friends with them, so that they will just, so when they see you pass. Things that poor man do inside economy class. <laughs> you know, I was looking at something yesterday on Juju Media. So I said, they, they are trying to create a class. It's a nobody. So and I now looked at the comment section and I, I thought that, that people are so savage. Some people said, if they create a class that is outside of economy, it will be no class. They will call it no class, poor man class. So they don't say, poor man class loading. In the <laughs> poor man class loading. So, or you would, so they don't say, where will, be, where will be their seat? Inside comment session, where will be their seat? So I say, they will be hanging, they will be hanging in the middle, protecting all our luggages. <laughs> holding, <laughs> holding the cabin. <laughs> so they don't say, this will be the, you know, Spirit Airline is another airline that <laughs> in America today. <laughs> I watched something today. They said, Good morning. Welcome to Spirit Airline, where you do where the assurance of your life is not sure. <laughs> you know, different things, John. That's not my content. So back to what I'm saying. So you see, like we're not thinking. Such that plane goes, I think, 37,000 feet above sea level. I won't forget that day. We're flying away. I think the pilot had to alert us that we are. I think maybe he alerted us. I don't know. But I was looking. At, I I like to check the map. I like to see what country we are in. Uh, that plane map. I like. I I really like that thing. I like to just gauge it and be following the plane. Like ah, so we have reached this country. Especially when we get to. Especially if I fly Air France, we can pass through several African countries within two hours. From Paris to Nigeria, you, we can fly from Paris to Lagos. We can go through I, almost almost all the African countries within six hours or five hours plus. And I'm like, whoa! So I like, I just like it. Like, okay, I'm in Gabon now. Okay, I'm in, but that's that's how many feet away. So do you think that those guys are trying to build? So. These guys know that that's not where God lives. Because in their worldview, they already see that heaven is not the natural world. Why the earth is the natural world? Are you seeing it? So that's why I'm saying you must have a supernatural worldview context in the scripture to see that, okay, it's not ordinary eye. <laughs> Let me just use it that way. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we, we, we are approaching this series, I would say, when it says, let us make a name Let's be scattered abroad in the face of the world. And we said it implies idol worship. 
self-worship, man's inventions, man's creation, a counter-narrative to God's promise and all of those things. So we, we want to approach something in Genesis level. What did God do to them? What did God do to them in Genesis level verse 5? He says, Lord came down. So they've done everything they wanted to do in Genesis level verse 1 to 4. <coughs> I'm sorry. It says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which, is, which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they... <laughs> see, I tell you something. There's nothing you can achieve in unity. If you decide, if all of you in this church decide and say, we want to kill, <laughs> you will achieve it. That's the... See... You know, I asked a question in the course of this series. What's our cry for freedom? And I found out. Or oh, let me give you a snippet answer. Man, God never created man to be that free. God created man with restrictions. And that's the truth. So, we, we must watch certain things. We must. We must. We must. So the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they, be, and they have one language. And they began to do all that they now restrained from them. See? Are you seeing it? It seemed like that thing that, you know that thing, how many of you notice that? Now, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be bringing it to a wider application now. That's what I'm trying to do. You know that thing that I, I explained to us when we started this series on, I think in the first session of this Genesis 11, and I said, you see, like when we went to, I don't know about you, but when I went to Bodin House, or when I first left my house for the first time, when I was in primary school, it just felt like I was free. Like, it looked like that thing I wanted to do, I cannot do it. Now, I'm, now, I, don't, now I don't have any mother or any father asking me what I did, or all of those things. But common sense is making me see that, ah, over... The part that they put me to, uh, let me obey my parents. That part is, are you getting what I'm saying? That part is right. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is, this is that thing that they've restrained from them. They've now and they've imagined. And they've imagined to do. Ah. So how far can man really go? This cry for freedom. I want to be free. The, see, I want to be. You know, this spiritual goal report we are submitting is when, we, when you will stop submitting it, that I will know your true color. I swear to God. I'm waiting for it for that time properly. When you will stop submitting spiritual goal. Because even spiritual goal, some of you guys, it's still a problem. Some of you, 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Oh God, some of you, we have a special meeting. Pastor, should we submit spiritual goal report? Ah! So is that, me? is that much? That question comes every special meeting. In fact, word on the mission, Pastor, should we, should we still submit? So my campaign, Pastor, should we? Is it is that is that how much you people want to be free? Is it does seem like I'm caging people. It was one of the mission. I think I was talking to one of my friends. Somebody came to tell me, Pastor, Pastor. I don't know who exactly came. To. It must be maybe is that is it that favor because it's always it's always favor. It's set two now device a miss. Indeed, is their class captain, Set two now device a miss. They will now set two missions. They say it's pastor's baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, at least pastor will not do anything to that one. See, pastor. See, so that one too will come. Good, good morning, sir. Good morning. We say we should. They say we should ask you. Ah, they say we should ask. <laughs> Is that what you put a kind of freedom? You not look like saying you put a cage. Don't worry, it's not for life. Eh? Chill. Just it's just to help you. How you get to what I'm saying? Because that wish they've imagined. Just like when we say ministerial break. I mean, if I, the, the, the title did not come out from my mouth. It came out from certain principalities. <laughs> Sister Litra's mouth. <laughs> you know, we have Sister Litra that figurative in this church. <laughs> you just saw that ah, they are traveling. Ah, it's ministerial break. I never imagined. So that means what they've imagined The freedom they have wanted. They say, they say, Pastor, me, I'm just going to sleep. I'm not even going to do outreach. So outreach is bondage. Is how to do self-care. I'm going to travel, take myself out. So does that mean you are not doing them? That wish they've imagined to. That's why it seems like, go and check those people on social media. I look at them many a times. Their parents don't know. They, in fact, there's a class where there's, there's, there's a project I submitted yesterday night. Yesterday was Wednesday, right? Yeah, there's a project I submitted yesterday night. And when I was writing that project, I almost wrote it in tears. <laughs> because I was talking about worldview. I, I answered the question. It wasn't a question about worldview. Why redirected the question? I'm sure when the child is like, ah, what's this guy talking about? It was intentional. And we're talking about this social media thing. And why, why it seemed like it seemed like there's no limit or restraint to our use of it. And I said, well, it's our worldview. And you see that many of these people that they call Instagram badges today, their parents don't know what they are doing there. But the only thing is, as far as they make money, the brain will just say, well, okay. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? But especially young ones, especially the ones in college, who parties, who do everything, they can't post it on their WhatsApp status. <laughs> they can't. Or if they post it at all, they will have blocked their pastor, they will have blocked their parents, they will have blocked all their family members. So who are you not trying to please? It was when I first entered the university. This was years ago, I mean, in Nigeria then. And we, we did Freshers' Night, and things happened in Freshers' Night. I went to that Freshers' Night, go. <laughs> it's a mystery. Eh? That's when I knew that. Huh? We just left our parents out. Everybody wanted to be free. And that's why it seemed like the university life is where you will know who is who. I'm telling you, it's college you will know. High school, you can't determine. All these people say, they are very, they are very nice, very polite. Wait till they enter college. When they now do what they've imagined to do. Wait till they enter college. First year, they will still be nice. Let people study. Especially ladies. Let people study. You look cute. Oh. 
you will start seeing their, meme, their memes on Instagram will change. Such a body. Such a cutie. <laughs> I'm a nine. She's a ten. <laughs> Little pretty miss. <sighs> that wish they've imagined. Because in their own house, they, that's why it seems like they don't go to fellowships. Because in their house, probably they woke up them in the morning. Come and do your devotion. They will not. I remember in secondary school, there's a, there's a, there's a girl that told me when I was in, when I was in boarding house. He said, let me just leave this secondary school. This, she told me, she said, let me leave this secondary school. JSS trio, I mean, I don't know what year we can use to middle school. Let me leave this secondary school. I will do what I want to do. He said, at home, problem. The, 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 it's like coffee. Church. Interesting, she now goes to those churches where the, she can't dress the way she wants to do. She can't. Coffee. School again! <laughs> Our old school where a guy will have told you three days of success every morning. And that one, she said, she told me, she said, let me leave this school. Do you know that? When she, uh, today I'm even praying, God, I beg, tone it down. In the university, If I one day one of my one of one person called me and said, "Do you see what this person is posting?" I said, "I not told the person D. I not tell the person hey, somebody that's like this. We did a we did a group call because sometimes any of them said can just switch. We just so we just do group call and wait for everybody to join. So one boy will join. So what the, I not tell the person I said, "Oh, I'm not surprised too." I said, "I'm not surprised." I said, "Do you know why?" I said, "In JSS theory." I had a conversation. I said, when we were in SS3 and this person we were in JSS3, I said, we had a, I had a conversation with this person. And this person told me that this is what she wants to do, that she is going to do this. So I said, so I'm not surprised. I said, we'll just be, I said, we'll just be praying for her. So when I said, we'll just be praying for her, they said, oh, you, you're not a pastor now. I said, maybe we just enjoy it they go up for this social media. I said, no. I said, we'll pray. And I said, hey, you are, shall hey, let us be listening to your sermon. <laughs> we'll be learning the prayer. <laughs> what I'm saying? That which they've imagined to do. I'm taking it into a, I'm trying to stretch it into a proper application, but let's come back. So, in that sense, in verse 6, so that which they've imagined to do. So, what they got, what God did was to give them over to their desires. And if you, if you, read, the, if you read the epistles properly, you won't, if you have read the epistles where you understand this statement of giving, God giving them over to their desires. That's what, you'll be seeing the Romans 1 contest exactly. So, it must be noted that from Deuteronomy, from the book of Deuteronomy and Genesis, they have the same audience. Genesis, Deuteronomy, they have the same audience. From Genesis to Deuteronomy, it's the same audience. You don't understand. It's like saying the same church, different subjects. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't forget, this, the audience of the verses is writing to they are the people in the wilderness. So, do you see what? Look at them. Look, look at something. Look at all the kind of sermon that Moses preached, and yet they still, they still decided to be in unbelief. You know that uh, Moses preached from Genesis 1. In the beginning, when God even created them, the thing went out chaos. God started again. Genesis 3, they did not believe again. God started again. Genesis 6, Genesis 1. And yet, they too, they say, I will not believe. 
can we say what they imagine to do? <laughs> Are you hearing? So that is two people that enter promised land. What a wow. Out of three million people. So can you say can you say that the kind of sound they preach with Abraham, preach Noah, preach everything? <laughs> wow. Moses, have you brought us here to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> now this is your this brought us the dividends to kill us. The source of Anak. They were like cast up as the outside too. Let's could die here. Them audience. So you so you understand what he is writing about. Same audience. That's why look at the Deuteronomy 32. Towards the ending of Moses' writing. Deuteronomy 32. So, he, so some people just decide to have stiff mind. And that thing happens today. Even in church, you will preach, 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 preach. It's still what the person wants to do. The person will do. Then you're wondering, is it God's fault? I think I sent a post like that to you guys. I said what I said too. To you guys this morning. I said, just move on. Are you getting what I'm saying? I think it was Papa Popola that wrote that post. And I showed you. I said, because you would, you would do what you would, you would preach. You would pray for people. You will advise them, you will counsel them. It's still what they want to do, they will do. So you will not, you will not be blaming yourself like the God not call you. No. Be bored about your call. It's them that their life will destroy now. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's their own life that will destroy. You are just trying to help them. Ah. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Deuteronomy 32, verse 7 to 8. Remember the days of old. Consider the years. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. And the elder said, He says, When the Most High divided the nations, their inheritance, when, when he separated the sons of Adam, and he set bonds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. So it was stated that the Most High divided the nations to their, he divided to their, to their nations their inheritance. Maybe in, maybe in camp meeting, I will teach you the believers' inheritance. What really is our inheritance? Ah. Ah. It has been on my heart, probably. Let me trust God. I've been saying so many things I want to. <laughs> we don't get to camp meeting. We just be looking at ourselves like this. Glory. Sit down. Glory. Sit down. I just say. It's kind of happen because, ah, glory of God. Hey. Camp meetings, oh, camp meetings, camp meetings. Okay, so, so he said the bonds of the people according to the children of Israel. So, if the audience of Genesis and Exodus were the children of Israel, who were not in existence in Genesis 11, then it's logical to assert that the writer could not have thought that Moses was referring to the children of Israel who were his immediate audience in Genesis 11. So, Genesis 11 audience was not the children of Israel. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So look at even in verse, do you know, the 32 verse 8? It says, When the Most High divided the nations, he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bonds according to the number of the angels of God. That's how he was written in, in the Septuagint. But in your Bible, it says, The children of Israel. So, in other words, the writer was clearly not referring to Israel, but these supernatural beings, the host of heaven. So, it's evident that these supernatural beings. The sons of the congregations of the mighty, children of the most high, were, were also there. So, and one thing you must understand is all the prophets in scriptures recognize these beings and their role and their authority that they have been given. 
So that means, can we say, now look, look at me, I want you to get it, wait, 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 look at me, wait, everybody. Can we say the supernatural beings were given, don't forget, we looked at the Genesis level, to rule. Lesser nights, greater day, and you get what I'm saying, to rule. So can we say these supernatural beings were divided nations and were given authorities to rule several places? We did that yesterday now. Okay, so we now said that. So that means, and all the prophets recognize their role and their function. Go to Deuteronomy 4. Let's see. Let me show you something there. Deuteronomy 4. Verse 19. It says, unless thou lift all their eyes unto the heavens, and when thou see the sun, the stars, the moon, even the host of heaven, shouldest thou be driven to worship them and serve them? Look at what it says. Which the Lord thy God has divided unto all nations under the heaven. So, do you see that they, they've been, their portions have been divided where you take your territories? Are you getting what I'm saying? I did. We, we studied at the territorial church. All right. Look at the Deuteronomy 17. Look at Deuteronomy 17. Look at verse. Uh, look at verse three. And had gone, served other gods and worshipped them. Look at what he now called them: either the sun, or moon, or any host of heaven which I have not commanded. Oh, you see. So when he's saying, "Thou shalt not worship any other gods before me," are you understanding the narrative? In the third commandment, can there be the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the things he has not commanded? Ah, uh, okay. So notice that. He divided these nations to the host of heavens, who are the sons of God, the supernatural beings. So the moons, the stars, and all the hosts of heavens are the same beings that he referred to as other gods in scriptures, who shouldn't be worshipped by the nation of Israel. So, you know, there was something I was showing you people in Let There Be Light, if you were observant. I kept saying, the Lord your God is one Lord. I kept taking you to that scripture where it says, the Lord your God, hear him, O Israel. The Lord your God is one Lord. Are you? just yes, sir. So only Yahweh should be worshipped. So to seek other gods outside Yahweh is rebellion. It is sin. It is chaos. That's why you see in Job thirty-seven verse eight, it says, "When the stars gather together." And all the sons shouted for joy. So that means the writer of Genesis 11 and Deuteronomy 32 knew that God worked together with these beings. That is, can we say the sons of God? Yes, can we say the council of the gods? Yes, By giving them responsibility over the nations. And when they, look at, look, look at me everybody. When they say the nations in the scripture, he's talking to 70 other nations outside Israel. That's why it seemed like there's a mission to the 70 in the four Gospels. So, there's 70 other nations. So, when it says the nations, other nations, have a word view of 70. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, he permitted them to be in charge. So, can we say God permitted all the other nations to be in charge of other nations? Yes, sir. 
So you see that when I, when I explain to you in that territorial church, different locations, are you seeing it? Okay. So this gives us the background for the promise of what God wants to do in the earth. So that's why the psalm we say, um, in Psalm 82, go to Psalm 82 verse 1 to 8. Psalm 82 verse 1 to 8. I think we've looked at all this, right, before. Have we? Psalm 82 verse 1 to 8. It says, God started in the congregation of the mighty. He judged all among the gods. And how long shall they judge unjustly? We said, defend the poor. And we said, they didn't take their responsibility. They failed in their responsibilities. We've, we've done this now. They failed in their responsibilities. So, that, so we said that these gods were now worshipped by men. Rather than lead men to worship Yahweh, their own was not for people to worship them, but for them to lead men to worship Yahweh. Are you seeing it? You know, and because we said the nations have already been divided, right? And their own is to lead men to worship Yahweh, but they led men to worship them. So he now says, but ye are gods, and all of you are children, and you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Are you seeing it? And so we looked at that, and we said, the supernatural beings have been involved in mass disobedience towards God. So let's go back to Genesis 11. I want us to finish this today. I have a limited time, but I'll be done soon. Genesis 11, it says, observe. It says the word confound. Look, look, at, look at Genesis 11, verse 7. Let's see for verse 7. It says, go to let us go down and confound their language. That word confound is from the word Babel. B, B, it's from the Hebrew word B-A-L-A-L, Babel, or Babel, which implies to overflow and by implications to mix. So it's let us confound, confound, that's Babel. And it says, let us confound their language and that they may not understand one another. And as it says, so the Lord scattered abroad, scattered them abroad. That was scattered them abroad is dispersed or to be spread about. They scattered them abroad from the face of the earth. Our face is from the word panin. P-A-N-Y-Y-N. And it implies physical appearance, sight, or presence. So this clearly shows that the people contrary to the old earth, being filled with the message of Yahweh, they intended to pitch or dwell in a particular place and set up for themselves a place of worship. So they wanted to, they, it shows that the people, they didn't want the mess, they didn't, so look at what, what they are trying to do. They didn't want the old Yahweh, the whole um, earth to be filled with the message of the gospel, right? The, or the message of Yahweh. They wanted it to be perverse. They wanted to set up another message, idol worship, right? They wanted other people to worship different gods rather than them. So, like I said, it shows that they set up a message for themselves, for people to believe and also to worship. And th this is what, and I told you, this is what led to all this idol worship that we, that people, this setting up of temples, setting up of towers, that people worship in the world today and all of those things. 
So we, we looked at Genesis uh, 9, where it says, I will look at where Babel came from, the land of Shinai, right? The emergence of Shinai. I think we've done that now. Nimrod. The giant Nimrod, where it came from, Shinai. And we said Babylon. We looked at Babylon. And we said the rebellion of Babylon. And I would say, so Babylon is a joint effort of human and supernatural rebellion against God. Okay. So we said Genesis 11, Babel was to depict man's rebellion. And it's a depiction of the supernatural beings in conjunction. That is man and the supernatural beings in conjunction with Man and supernatural beings, sorry. <laughs> so we, we now said that God told Abraham to do the exact opposite of that same time. He says, come out, I will give you a name, right? And um, so we, we asked the question on what were they building? Uh, we said what they were building was for idol worship in Genesis 11. And Reas, God was building a nation in Genesis 12. And uh, so and God referred to a people and that is... He says, the people he will build, it will be his temple. And he said, he will be the one that will build it. And uh, we saw Jacob's story in Genesis 28, that God is building a people as his temple. Why Genesis 11? Um, they attempted to build a place for other gods. So I said, Genesis 11, man was making a sacred place for supernatural beings to dwell. On the contrary, in Eden, God made his own sacred place, right? and brought man into the same sacred place. So the practice of man building a place for other gods to dwell, can we say it's rebellion? So do you see that those things still happen today? And you see those practices, uh, people build a temple, people build a, a, a place of worship, shrines, um, what other do they call it, artifacts, just things that people build just to worship God. Can we call that rebellion? Can we call that a sin? So this is the reason why they were building a tower and a city to worship gods outside Yahweh. So now, and this leads us into Genesis 3. Before we start to conclude gradually, then we'll, we'll see some... We'll start to conclude gradually, then we'll see some grammatical analysis that we probably have missed out. Look at it, Genesis 3, verse 1 to 5. We said it is clear that the serpent was an opposition to what God told man. And... After the session yesterday, some of you asked me a question. We said, we were asking a question. We said, we were looking at what is man. After, I mean, outside yesterday's session, and we were looking at what is man. And we said, the authority that God gave man was such that he had dominion even over supernatural beings, right? And such that he could not have taken instruction from them. He could have just said, get out of here. You know, Adam could have just told man, and said, um, the serpent and said, leave me. Why are you having a conversation with me? Why am I entertaining? There's something I put that in my notes. Let me see if I can find it. Or why is it that we entertain conversations that... Um, I, was, I put something about sin here, or something about conversations. Um, I can't find it now. Maybe when I find it, I'll let you know. Okay, we'll talk. We'll look at that later. So, in other words, the we said the, they employed an imagery of the serpent to explain to his audience that supernatural being sons of God was in disobedience to 
uh, man or uh, was in disobedience to God and and we said that's idol worship. And serpents were used to this depict idolatry in their world. So I would say that Adam and Eve's story was archetypal. And we I think we also looked at we also looked at even Genesis 4 now. Have we done we've done it? We looked at Genesis 4, where we said, when it says sin light at your door, Rabat, and we said uh, it's an imagery of a, a, a lion, and we said it's an involvement of a supernatural being too. That Saint Cain's mother too was an involvement of a supernatural being. And um, so now let's start to conclude gradually. So when we read Genesis 11 and Genesis, together with Genesis 2 to Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, Cain, uh, will I teach you Genesis 3? Okay, probably I will. So you will not crucify me. I wanted to skip Genesis 3, but... Okay, we will do it. Let's see if we will do it. Uh, so, we said, so, we said, so the wickedness, evil, sin, it emanates from man and had multiplied the heads, right? I would say God saw the wickedness of man that was great on the heads and every imagination and the thought of the heart was in it continually. And we said... Now, the explanation of Genesis 11, together with the explanation of Deuteronomy 32, it is clear that the head was divided into 70 nations, right? And God, in his accommodation of man's disobedience, look at something new. God, in his accommodation of man's disobedience, gave the responsibility of judging these nations to the sons of God. So, look at what Paul was now describing in Romans 1. So, you will see that Romans 1, that's why I say you must adopt a supernatural worldview Contest in Roman in, in the reading of the entire scripture. Now let's go to Romans 1 verse 18. So you will see that what Paul was explaining. Romans 1 verse 18. Let's let's read it together. So you will see that it's it has to do with God. So we said God was accommodating man's disobedience and he gave the responsibility of judging these other nations to these sons of God. And what did they do? They also rebelled. <laughs> They also led men to idol worship. See that these guys too are... Alright, look at that state of verse 18. It says, The wrath of God was revealed against heaven, against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men. You see, I told you that we will have to reread the Bible again in a clearer context, right? In a, in a clearer lens. Guys, right? So it says, Who owe the truth in all righteousness? Because which may be known of God manifest from them, and God has showed it unto them. Look at it too, in verse 20. For the invisible things of him which the creation of the world was clearly seen, understood are made even in his eternal power and the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because they know not God, and they glorified not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and foolish hearts in their dark foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be white, they became fool, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image of what? Corruptible man, bent four-footed beasts and creepy things. This will take you back to Genesis now. Are you seeing it? Wherefore God also gave them unto their uncleanness, unto their loss, unto their heart, and the son unto their body to give it them. Who changed who change the truth of God into a lie, worshipped and served the creation more than. So can we say the sun, the moon, this? You know, Amplified Version gave us the creation. Yes, sir. I've taught you this thing years ago, but we're looking at it in a clearer perspective now. It says this. The creation more than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them over to the vile, vile uh, affections. Even women did change their natural use into the gates nation. Where likewise men, 
leaving their natural use of men towards and lost towards one another, men with men walking towards the unseemly, receiving themselves recompense of error. Are you seeing? Are you seeing a supernatural narrative for those? Even when they did not like to retain God, God gave them over to the reprobate nine, the things which were not converted, filled you out with, with covetousness, fornication, wickedness, maliciousness, full of envy. Ah, the Bible has invested it Who knowing the God, the judgment of God, and commit such things, but have a pleasure in them that do them. So Paul evidently thought from the event of Genesis 6, Genesis 11, and Genesis 17 to 18. That is, Genesis 6, 9, the days of Noah, Genesis 11, Toa Obabe, and idol worship, and Genesis 17 to 18, those living in the time of Lot. So when he says God gave them over, Paul was saying he allowed them. That is, they wanted to do what they want to do. So I used to say that when you say God gave over, is it God doing something but saying, do what you want to do now? So that's God or Yahweh accommodating their disobedience. So in doing this, Yahweh now gave them responsibilities. God gave them responsibility of administering and judging these nations. This is this, and, and who did he give their responsibility to? The sons of God and the supernatural beings. So, and their roles were clearly stated and they were to lead mankind to worship God. So, for the lost portion is his people. You will see Deuteronomy 32 verse 9. It says the lost portion is people. Jacob is the lord of his inheritance. So, of all nations, Yahweh now took Israel as his lot. Are you see why God worked with the children of Israel? Yes, sir. He delegated the other responsibilities to people that, okay, other 17 nations, you want to... Because you see in Genesis 11, they were scattered abroad. The other nations where you want to do idol worship, you do your own. So, sons of God, you go and address those ones and lead them back to me. I will focus on children of Israel. Then he picked... Abraham. That's why it seemed like the genealogy started from Abraham. Right. Are you getting? Then he picked Abraham and started working with them. I say, you, these guys, okay, this, you, you, this is my own lot, the sons of God. So you, you will now see the context of that job where they says what they came together to come and assembly. They say it's like to give a report of what's happening in other nations now. Is it that God is not there? Is there? Are you getting what I'm saying? Oof. So God now started with Abraham and worked with Abraham as part of his lot, right? As part of the, what he has picked. Well, I'll teach you. His, I'll teach you this thing here and soon. So of all nations, Yahweh took the nation of Israel as his own portion. You see, like say, give me the portion that followed to me, the lot, my own inheritance. Okay, look at Deuteronomy thirty-two verse nine. Let me show you. Let's see. Let's start from let's start from verse 8. It says, when the most high divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. In the Septuagint, it says he separated into the sons, the, the, the angels. Now in that sense, for the lost portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. You see that? Oh boy, there's a lot to study. In our, God now picked Jacob and walked with Jacob. And walked with Jacob's inheritance. That is Abraham. 
Okay. So this explains to you. Okay, let me show you where. Let me show you. Let me show you. Go to Genesis 15, where all these things were. So where, where all these um, nations were. That's why I say that the laws of Israel will come from Abraham. Go to Genesis 15, verse 12. We'll read down. It says, Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and lo, an oral great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abraham, Know a surety that their seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall flee them for hundred years. Is that what happened to in Egypt? Uh, that Moses had to take them away. Okay. And also, that nation whom they serve will I judge. And afterwards, shall they come out with a great substance? So, can we say Moses read this prophecy and know, okay, this is something is going to happen? Okay. And thou shalt go to thy father's place, and thou shalt be buried in the good old age, and bring forth generations, they shall titter again, and the iniquity of the Amorites is yet full. And when it came to pass, when the sun went down and the dark was beyond the falling serpent, the, the, the smoking furnace, and the burning lamp passed between those pieces, in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed have I given you to the land of Egypt, the great rivers of Israel, the Kenzites, the Kenzites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Jegazites, and Jebusites. Are you seeing this? So this has been the narrative scene from Genesis 11. In other words, the writer is explaining from Genesis 1 to Genesis 11, as a background, that the promise that God gave Abraham to his immediate audience, the children of Israel, will be delivered from the oppression and bondage in Israel. So can we say, God did in Abraham the exact opposite of what men wanted to do in Genesis 11? Because they wanted to scatter abroad and build temples, places of worship, right? Idol worship across the nations. And God now said he will make his name great and give him a, a nation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Can you, are you, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Can we say, in Isaiah, God will restore a common language to the people. Now, we explain that to you soon. Because their languages now have been divided. They divided their languages. Now, you'll be wondering, is it God that divided their language? I told you God does not do evil. He gave them over. So, they, they divided their languages such that you take this one just to spread their evil, their evil idolatry. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then in Isaiah, can we say God is restoring language back? When he says with mortuary words, go to Isaiah. You know, we used to use that scripture a lot. Go to Isaiah. When he says with mortuary words, we leave, restore to their people. Uh, what's uh, Isaiah? What is that? Uh, we used to use it for tongues. Um, we used to stretch it into tongues. We stammering list. What's uh, what's what? Isaiah twenty eight. Say okay. Mm. See why it's good to have taught before. It's nothing you need. Isaiah so he said, with stammering lips and with other tongues, will he speak to his people? Are you said to whom he said, this is the rest. You see the rest narrative coming again. Where we they which cause you to the weary and the refreshing yes they will hear and says what up are you are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So can we say God will restore a common language to that same people? Because it seems like go back to that Genesis eleven. Because it seems like the language was being destroyed 
as a result of idol worship in their people. Let's read it again. Look at it in verse 4. Genesis 11 verse 4. Go back there. And they said, go, let's build a city at the tower. Who stop me reaching to the heaven? Let us make a name. Lest we be scattered abroad the face of the whole earth. Look at, look at what they want to do. They want to make a name. We've, we study what name is already. And then I said, they want to make it into the whole earth. So I see that they were the ones that said, we want to build this idol worship around the whole earth. And I said, the Lord came down to see what the Torah did, which should have really been. I says, behold, the people is one. And they, look at, you know, it's not as if it's the Lord that is trying to do so. It says, behold, the people is one. And they all are of one language. And they began to do, and nothing will restrain them for that which they do. And I says, go, go to let us down. And there, their language, go to let us go down. And there conform their language. What did we say conform is? Babel. It said to mix, right? And that's their language. And they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad, thence the face of the earth, and left off the, the built the city. And the name of the city is called Babel. And the, because the Lord confirmed the language of the earth. And then, so we are, we are coming to that thing soon. But look at something. We are coming to a proper explanation soon. Can we say... Through Abraham, or through Abraham, God is building a people, a new creation, a new heart, a new language. Yes, sir. You will appreciate this thing we call tongues more as we study scriptures. So God was talking to a people, and the people will be his temple. He will be the one that will build it, not man building it. So that's to explain to you that in Genesis 11, Genesis 12, Genesis 28. So when we say Genesis 12, are we saying Abraham? Genesis 28 will give you what? Isaac, um, Jacob, who's, who woke up and saw a place. Isaac, um, yeah, Isaac and all of those. And those were contrasting that God is building a people as his temple. So Moses and Isaiah explained to us in his new creation, in new humanity, that man will actually speak a new language, a new tongue. So I see that you guys made tongues of the Old Testament. Yes, sir. Ah, you can now. Because God's plan wasn't that there will be different language from here. So can we say in the new creation, that's why it says they will speak with new tongues. Can we say in the new creation, God is restoring the language back. God has never been, that's why if you notice in that same 1 Corinthians 14, in that same verse, it Paul made us know that God is not an author of confusion. When, why, what narrative will come to your mind? Can it be Babel? He's bringing that Babel that it was not God who wants people to be confused. So in the new creation, is restoring language, new tongue. That's why he calls it new tongue. Such that I can, what can, even if I don't understand the language, so can we say that all the Chinese, Spanish, uh, French, English, Yoruba, can you say it's not God's plan? It's not God's plan. They're not God. Look at how many languages you can't even, even in Nigeria, it's believed that Nigeria has more than five, 500 is just the what they can, there's over 500 languages. Ordinary on those states, on those they have a mod, there's Ijare language, there's Akoko language, there's Ileluji language, there's Ondo language, there is a, there's different languages within the same community. It's not God. 
<laughs> he can't be God. He was never God. And you see that the, the essence of those languages was just to create idol worship. From Genesis 11. This is how the breaking of language is because of idol worship. So that they will, you will go and worship your own gods. So you can create your own god, do all those things. Are you getting what I'm saying? That was it. But in the new creation, in told Abraham, I will build the people. Are you seeing what the new creation is all about? I will build the people. I will give them this. So when it says in that Isaiah 28 verse 11, it says with stammering lips and another tongue. Will he, will he speak to his people? That word another is the word eka in the Hebrew, and in the Greek is etheros, in that, just like we saw in Acts 2 verse 4. So the writers were teaching from Genesis 11. So God is building his temple and, that, and contrasting that temple with the idol worship. Today there is still temple of idols. So when we sing that song, all other gods, they are the works of men, you are the holy one, there is none like you. Ah, there is none like you. There is none. So you see what Ezekiel was teaching in Ezekiel 11 verse 19. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. And I'll take away the stony heart of flesh. I'll put them. I'll give you an heart of flesh. Are you understanding it now? Ezekiel 36 verse 26 to 28. He says, you'll be my people. I'll be your God. Can we see, can, are you seeing the narratives? Okay. Psalm also. He says, this Psalm 102, verse 18. This shall be written for the generations to come, and the people which shall be created to praise the Lord. So it's everything that God promised Abraham, which the writer explained, all that the family of the head will be blessed in his seed. It's the new creation, the new humanity, who will equally speak a new language. That's new thongs. They will speak new thongs. So, how, so look at in John 1 verse 51. Let's see. You know, we, we said we must read the scripture as a singular text, right? So how did the writers of the New Testament explain this? Look at John 1 51. It will make sense to you now. So was it God destroying their language? Was it as a result of, so can we say it's a cause and effect? Their idol worship led them into that, into different variations of language? Because we saw it in Genesis 6 that it wasn't God that caused the flood. It was their cause and effect. Can we say the cause and effect also happened with this language and they wanted to also use the language to propagate other gods? Yes, Are you getting what I'm saying? So is it God destroying? So can you say that this language barrier that we have today is not God? It's not God though. It's not God. It's, it can never be God. So is it why you should be why we why we give people feel with the Holy Ghost? Speak, oh, this, this you are welcome to the family. It's an identification unifier that you are part of us. Look at John 151. Do, do you notice that when people say, Are you born again? They will ask you, With the what? Evidence of speaking with tongues. <laughs> that's, that's, your, that's your own sign. That's our sign. John 151. Look at it. It says, And he said unto him, Verily, verily, year after, ye shall see heaven open and the 
and the you can see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Can we say in Jesus, God is building his new temple? Yes, sir. Can we say that? His true temple, and this will be fulfilled in his resurrection. That's why go back to John, look at John 7, verse 38, verse 28 to 30. John 7. He says, Then Christ Jesus says, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and when I come of myself. But he that sent me is true, and know ye, and I am him, and I am from him, and he that sent me. And they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour has not come. Can we say the hour of his resurrection? His hour of building the temple? Are you saying that there's a temple narrative also in the scripture? It seems like Jesus kept going to the temple. He kept talking about the temple. He kept talking about the synagogue. He said, you know, why, why, do you notice that when he says, destroy this temple and I will build it in three days. Are you understanding the temple now? Can that be contrasting Genesis 11? Yes, sir. So, when he says in John 14, you know, when, one of the things he used as a sign was, I will destroy this temple. And read it again. You know, you, you were thinking, the Pharisees were thinking three days. They were thinking, yeah? They were, th they were, they were doing Sister Litra. They were just thinking it like temple. The what our fathers have spent years to build. You want to just destroy it like that. And not knowing it wasn't physical. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at John, John 14, verse 16 to 17. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, he may abide with you, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, for he dwells in you, and he shall be what? Be what? You. So he shall be in you. Alright, look at 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. You understand what we are now saying. First Corinthians 3.16. Are you there? He says, Know ye not that what? Ye are what? The temple of God, that the Spirit of God also what? Dwells in you. He says, I don't the temple of God, it shall, it shall be destroyed for the temple, for, for the temple of God is holy, and which temple ye are. That means you are what? The temple. So can we say God has built his temple today? Through the new creation in Christ. So, can we say you are the temple now? Are you contrasting Genesis 11? Yes, sir. What God promised Abraham has he come to pass yes, sir. with you? Yes, sir. Is he still going to come to pass with somebody on the street? Yes, oh, yes. So, in the resurrection. Look at even in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 to 16. Look at how he explained it. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 to 16. 2 Corinthians 6. He says, look at what he now says. So I, I want you to pay attention to this one properly. You will understand it well. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has unrighteousness with or with what fellowship with righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belia? Oh, you've seen it. What part has the believer with infidel? What agreement has the temple of idols with the temple of God with idols? For ye are what? The temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in there, I will walk in there. And what? It shall be my God, it shall be my people. Are you seeing it? 
So in the resurrection, God has given us a spirit to dwell in. Fulfilling Exodus 29 verse 49, 29 verse 45. Let me read it for you. Exodus 29 verse 45. What is he fulfilling? Exodus 29 verse 45. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they will know that I am the Lord. Which brought them out of you. So the temple of God is in us, and we are in Him, right? And the fulfillment. So are we fulfilling that prophecy today? Go to First. Look at how Paul taught against idolatry. Go to First Corinthians eight, because we must read the Bible as a singular text, right? So you see that this, the same, the same worldview that the New Testament writer, the, the, the New Testament writers had about the Scripture is the same. About the Old Testament is the same. All right, look at it. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 4 to 6. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 8. I really want you to go there. You will love this. Verse 8, verse 4. It says, as concerning the eating of those things which are offered in sacrifice unto an idol, we know, what, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, but there be one God, but there is none other God but one. It says, for though there be the called you know, says, for though there be that are called gods. Mm. You, you understand now? And you see that is, is the same supernatural word view contest they had. That says, for though there be they that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, he said, as there be gods many and the lords many, because supernatural beings are involved now. Are you seeing it? He says, but unto us there is one God, and the Father with whom all things in him, and the Lord Jesus Christ by whom all things we by him. And that says, so you, 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 so an idol is nothing, but there is one God. So he's taking the narrative from the Deuteronomy. Verse 30, Deuteronomy 30, verse 17, where it says, if they turn their eyes and be drawn away, worship no other God as out there. Deuteronomy 30, verse 30, 17. So he says, so should be drawn away from and serve idols. So the nations of Israel upon Exodus were taught and instructed to separate from other nations. So when we now tell people to say, what Paul was telling us, I say, don't, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Can you see it's the same narrative that Moses told those same people? So when we are telling unbelievers and we say, when we are telling Christians and we are saying, ah, what are you, what are you mingling with yourself with unbelievers? It's still the same thing that is happening. You will, you will get yourself dished. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because these things are real. It's a separate from other nations who were given to idol worship. So, they were to worship no other God but Yahweh. They were to love Yahweh with all their hearts. Remember the ten, those Ten Commandments? They were to love Yahweh with all their hearts and all their soul. And that will reflect in the way they relate with others. That is, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? In Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, it says, Yeah, O Israel. I said this in Lady Abilai. The Lord your God is one Lord. Behold. Oh, are you seeing it? Chinese all the nations. Are you, are you, is it, when it says the nations, can it be the places where idol worship are practiced? Uh, so you see how to sing. No place for that. No place for that. Uh, because we, we said the, the, those nations were divided into them and they led them into rebellion. That's why you see that some places even today. They are still practicing certain places. We are. That's why he say we are witnessing unto me Samaria, Judea. It's like God is more particular about territories because He wants all the nations to now be filled with His glory. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? So when he says, as surely as the earth liveth, he says, my knowledge shall fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. He wants the whole earth now to be filled with his glory. Has he always been his plan? Yes. Because he gave the sons of God to lead them all to him. But what did the sons of God do? They built gods, strange gods. They led them into idol worship. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, they led them into idol worship, made them do, but God would not work with it. So, you would not be wondering, why is it that God worked with Israel? He, he apportioned certain people, he picked Israel as his lot, and said, okay, you Israel, let's do it. But did they say, even <laughs> upon God, look, you don't get it. So, how much more the sons of God? Who is the other nation? They did not even obey God themselves. God, God decided to work with them. So, you see why they saw God? You see why they saw God in Exodus 19? Because God decided to work with them. Is God not working with you? Can't you have a counter too now? Ah, open up. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let the air be light shining in all the nations. We're singing in the camp with you. Let the air be light shining out of the darkness. Let the air be light. Yeah. Because in creation... Can we, can, we, can we call that new creation his temple? Yes, sir. His, his own habitation? It's contrasting Genesis 11? Ah, shining all the nations. Oh, let the... So what's the message? That the light... Go and listen to the letter be light again. That the light of the gospel will shine all through. Genesis 1 verse 3. When he saw darkness, what did he say? He says, let there be light. So what is God's counter effects to darkness? Light. So what was God doing through Abraham? Light. What was God doing through Noah? Night. What was God doing through us? Light. Let there be light. Let there be light in Africa. Let there be light in North America. Let there be light in Rochester. Let there be light all over the nations of the earth. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. So he says, your Lord, your God is one God. So what were the Israelites preaching? When they were going to one nation to another fighting the nations, what were they doing? They are preaching one and one. Let there be light. The Lord your God, Yahweh is one God. So when they served other gods, they destroyed. Nope, this is not supposed to be so. See that in also in Deuteronomy 30 verse 20. Deuteronomy 30 10. You can listen to let there be light. I explain all of these things. So, and he explained, keep his commandments, keep his statutes. So we said, for a man to keep God's word, so we said this, so Genesis 1 to Genesis 11. For a man to keep God's word and a refusal of, for a man to keep God's word is idolatry. What Moses was showing us in Genesis, the writers of Genesis 1 to 11, was to make us see that if you don't hack into God's word, that is idolatry. That's rebellion. Because Adam, did Adam hack into God's word? Did Genesis 6, Cain, Genesis 11, nope. They didn't. That's rebellion. It's idolatry. So, as we gradually begin to close, um, the audience of Genesis 11 that Moses was teaching were the children of Israel and was making them see that in Genesis 12, verse 6, Genesis 1, verse 26, sorry, Genesis 1, 26, God said, God will create man in his image and his likeness. 
and um, he puts man in his garden in Genesis 2. And God put man in the garden in Genesis 2, verse 7. And Adam was driven out of the garden because of his consequences of his action. So, and we said the garden of Adam is figuratively to explain the, the presence of God and um, God's temple. And, um, so there's a temple narrative in scripture. God is building his temple. Man is not the one to build it. That's why he fashioned the new creation into what it is today. And um, so in the communication of God to Israel, can we say it's a counter-narrative from Genesis 11? Was it God destroying the languages? It was never God's plan. It was their action, right? Leading them to it, right? The cause of their action, maybe the consequence of their action, one. Two, they wanted to divide the languages into those places so that the idol worship can be spread abroad, but let there be light. Hallelujah. So, can we conclude that sin is disobedience to the voice of God? Can we say that? Can we say, from the writer's explanations now in scriptures, can we say sin is the worship of other gods outside Yahweh? When people worship any other thing, it is in rubbish, it's other, is a sin. Can we say that there is also an involvement of these beings who rebelled against God and they faced, who failed in their responsibilities that was given to them, right? Because the nations were divided into them, they were to lead men to Yahweh. What did they do? They rebelled, they made people worship them. That's what happened in that Psalm 82, where it says they will fall like you are gods, but you will die like the priests of men and all of those things. So can you see that Genesis 11, and Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, Genesis 6, Genesis 8, Genesis 11, their rebellion is seen within the fears of man. And this to let you know that their role was to, and the role of supernatural beings was to act in God's stead, to judge to lead mankind to worship Yahweh, but they failed in their responsibility. So, why would the devil be asking something as, as you, have you really know? Is that not a failed responsibility? Have you, have you really, they don't really say, is that your work? Is that your responsibility? Uh, so from Genesis 6, well, Genesis 3, we've seen that the audience had an archetypal narrative of the narrative of idolatry to worship other gods. And uh, we've seen the Torah of Babel, I was said, it's the roots. Torah of Babel. What we read in Genesis, let me tell you the, the simple explanation of Genesis 11, is the root of origin of idolatry. All this graving image. So it says, Dash, I not watch any graving image for me. What are you seeing? Genesis 11. Are you seeing it? When you, say, when you see idolatry today, Different religion, false gods, Shongbo, Batala, Rumiyo, Amadioa, everything, Genesis 11. When you see all this uh, false religion, how do Genesis 11? Idolatry, worship of other supernatural beings. Because the, when you say you are worshiping Shongbo, God of Thunder, is that a supernatural being? something that will strike you. Why is it they are always doing what you want in that of nature? Are you seeing it? It's a worship of supernatural being. They will offer their libation, offer their sacrifices, 
do a piece, ceremonial cleansing. Everything is all worship of work, supernatural beings, and they are all in rebellion towards God. Did that make sense? So let's let's just tie some knots now that we are done. Let's just see some. I think we've done some grammatical context, uh, the grammatical analysis. We said the Torah is migdad, right? We said Torah means migdad, and it means size, height, right? And I mean strong cities. Torah often describes strongholds in cities where the idols or gods are kept. That's what the Torah means, where idols or gods are kept. Migdad in the Hebrew. When we say name, we said Shem in the Hebrew, and it means authority, honor, authority, character, renewed report. And when it says Lord there, it means Yahweh. It means self-assistance one. Um, when we say build, we say make, banner, make, repair, set up children. When it says they dwelt, yasab, it means to sit down by implication to set to an habitation. So when we say let us, let us is an Hebrew, let us is an Hebrew or an ancient Hebrew word to describe plan or an intention. And it says one language. All language is from the word, one day is from the word ekad, E-C-H-A-D. It means single entity. United ones together. A language from the word Shafa. S A language S A P H A H. And it means mode of communication and what binds. Mode of communication and what binds. I'm just trying to do some touches in in um I would say Babel means diverse, confusion. Right. I'm just trying to See some finishing touches to Genesis 11. I well, said men built altars to worship Yahweh. Alright? Alright? I well, said men, men, men wanted to build. Um, we said in Genesis, um, we explained that build. Right from Bana, starting from the ribs of woman, right? Yes, we, we did that. Mm. And we explain heaven and it that heaven is where non-natural beings dwell, and um, it is where natural human beings dwell. And we explain that Bethel, also God, and when it says He will make your name great. Mm. And we say, what did God do to them? Is it um, is it God who scattered their language? We said he gave them over to their own desires. And we said um, that he, when he says he gave them over to their own desires, they, it means they can do what they want to do. That is by implication, what you want to do. And so that's basically what it is on the rebellion of Genesis 11. That's... Um, so it's just for you to understand that the involvement of supernatural means in man's rebellion. So all these things that people worship. Uh, so when we say, um, God is greater than any other gods on this earth, you know it. You know what we are talking about now, the rebellions. So can we say all these Beings, all these things that people worship are rebellious. 
rebellion. They are rubbish. They are not. Are you see why we preach? Why we pray? Why we even speak in tongues now? Uh, so I mean, so when what you when you read um, the Torah of Babel, what you read in Genesis eleven is the Torah of Babel. Is root or origin of idolatry. So when you see idolatry in scripture, they're making graven image, they're making everything. Where did this start from? Genesis 11. When you see all those temple narrative, God trying to build something, it has always been. But you will just be seeing the contrast. It has always been from Genesis 2 where he wants to build, but you will see the contrast and he's trying to build. And you saw that what people are worshipping today is rebellion. Or what other people are worshipping outside the true God rebellion right and it's rebellion towards God and towards um, um, what towards God right amen did that bless us is that good all right praise God amen, amen.